Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, my name is Bryce Watts. I'm Allison Anger. This is a podcast where we speak exclusively to the women in the NFL to learn about how they navigate this life in the league. The players are always the ones in the spotlight, but we want to highlight the amazing women who are their support systems behind the scenes. Get out the way, men. Welcome back to episode five of the NF Ladies podcast. Today we have special guest Jesse Powell with us. Hi, Jesse. Hi. Go ahead and get us started. Just tell our guests who are listening who you are, who's your significant other. So my name is Jesse Powell. My husband, Blau Powell, is a running back. He is a free agent right now. We were with the Jets our entire career of nine years. Um, so yeah, he's just kind of waiting around right now for... For a call. Tell us uh, what that was like. I went through the free agency thing last year. Um, how did that go down for you guys? How did you find or find yourself in this position? Well, he got drafted in the fourth round in 2010. Uh, we were newlyweds. We just got married that January, and it was the lockout year. So when he got drafted, we didn't do anything in the summer. He didn't do OTAs or anything. So we, we went straight from being at home in Kentucky to boom training camp. So he signed the four year deal for that. And then after four years, he signed a one year deal, I believe. Uh, so four, one, three, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Okay. So four years first, then he signed in March, um, the one year deal. Then he signed a three year deal with the jets the following March. And then he had a pretty significant injury, um, in October of 2018. So then he was out. Then he re-signed with the jets June of 2019. And now we're here as a free agent, his contract ended this last March and it was right when COVID started. And you guys know how crazy COVID has been for the league. So he kind of was hanging out and didn't get to go on any visits. He didn't get to do any, you know, tryouts or anything. And so as the summer progressed, the chances went down and uh, now he's just kind of working out every day and waiting. He's gotten a few calls for some opportunities, but he doesn't want to be, he wants it to be right for our family. Our kids are older now and, you know, me being at home. And so we're just waiting for the right opportunity. Yeah. Cause I know they have to do the quarantining. Is it five or six days? So he's going to have to be there just in a hotel doing that, have a workout and then go back home. So yeah. And having a family like that, I would imagine you, like, you can't just do that when you have other priorities. It's not like single guy, just going wherever, wherever he's been called now. Yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, the day after uh, the first Sunday, he got a call and the process is so long this year. He goes out, travels, COVID test, COVID test, COVID test, workout, um, and that's a whole week away. And at the time I was homeschooling and for all those homeschool mom out there, you know, you rock because it ain't my thing. And so <laughs> I, I homeschooled from March until June had my little break. And then I opted to homeschool my kids. They're in private school in Kentucky. And I opted to homeschool them for the first nine weeks thinking we would be on a team and I could just travel and the transition would be easier. Cause I didn't know where we would end up. And probably three days into it, I was like, nah, this is it for me. And so I told them I'm probably going to stay here this year, wherever you go, um, just for my own mental health. And so he said, yeah, I'm going to have to go somewhere closer than the West coast. <laughs> Have you always moved with him? And this year you just decided because of everything that's going on? Yeah. So you guys know how crazy um, the NFL uh, contracts are. So the first four years, we felt comfortable being in New Jersey, but every year you can get replaced, you know? So the first year we had an apartment, uh, we did August through January. 
the second year, we actually lived at the Hyatt House. I don't know if you remember that right there by the Jets training facility. And then the next year we were at the Residence Inn. And then the next year we got an apartment. So the kids were little and I was comfortable doing, you know, the hotel life for four or five months out of the year. Um, when they got old enough, I had Naya his fifth year. And I said, yeah, we, we got to put some roots down somewhere. So we built our house in Kentucky and then rented in Jersey and we just packed it up in June. It was bittersweet. Oh my gosh. So you just packed up your, your house in New Jersey and you're back yeah. at the home that you guys built. Yeah. We decided to just honestly walk by faith and say, let's just close this chapter. And if God wants to reopen it, he will. And if not, you know, we have a home in Louisville and we'll end up going wherever we're supposed to be when it's time. Yeah, you have a home base to go back to, though. So there's some security. Exactly. So th that, that is super nice and, and really comforting, I would imagine. Yeah, I'd love absolutely. to have my own house. <laughs> It'll come. Oh, it's just crazy all over the place, you know? Have you guys been going back and forth to Kentucky in the off season since you built four years ago? Yeah, so the first four years we lived with my parents in the off season, and I was pregnant with Tavis the first year. Um, so we lived with my parents and our goal was to save through the NFL. You know, I, I think I've heard Renette say it, it's not for long, you know? So we were like, we have to save enough money to where if we get anything out of the league, we get a house that's paid for. So we saved and saved and saved with my parents. And then our fifth year, we started building um, our house. So yeah, we would go August through December in Jersey and then January through August in Kentucky. And it was easy when the kids were little. Um, Tavis is in third grade now, Naya's in kindergarten. Um, so we really got comfortable with the school system in Florham Park, New Jersey, and I loved it there. And they were more than willing to work with us going back and forth. So that's another reason why I kind of thought to stay here this year because I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with the school system wherever we would be going. Um, tell us about traveling back and forth at the end of the season and then going and preparing for the season did you guys fly or drive what did you take with you I know you said you lived in hotels and mm -hmm. I think that's something that a lot of people outside of the NFL don't think about like these players they're making all this money and then they're living in a hotel so tell us about all that yeah so as you know a lot of people are always like oh my gosh you live this glamorous life it's so wonderful i'm like yeah you see the instagram posts of these events that we go to but i got ready in a hotel room and um i'm going back to a hotel room um so the first couple years it was it was rough because you know the guys are in practice they don't get to go home for the weekend so if i want to go home for the weekend I have to take a baby on a plane. So I remember Tavis's first flight was eight weeks old and he's been flying since Naya was 10, um, 10 weeks old. And when they got a little, I definitely flew at the beginning because I'm like, I'm not driving 13 hours with newborns. Um, the older they got, I would try the drive, but I would pack up each of our cars because you pay for, you know, packing everything suitcases and then got to get a moving company and you know you think okay I'm going for six months what do I need I need my summer and my fall clothes and I need my winter clothes that's for three people I need you know just stuff that you don't even think about especially um if you buy nice things for one home you want them the other half of the year so you just pack them up and leave and it's just crazy I don't know how many times you're like it is that pair of shoes at our house or in the Jersey or, you know, you leave everything. Um, so yeah, everybody thinks it's all glitz and glamour and, you know, it's cool watching your husband, your spouse on TV, but they don't understand what the women go through every day. I mean, the guys waking up at six 30 going and I won't even get to how whiny they are at home that they're so tired. And I'm like, <laughs> man, <laughs> I just took care of two kids all day. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, no one really understands. They think it's just money and, and being famous, and it's not at all. Yeah, I think it's funny. Obviously, we're talking about our situations, too, and, like, what we're doing. We know they're tired. We hear it from other people. It's our time. We're mm. saying we're tired, too. We're not just yeah. talking. We're commentators talking about them getting up and coaches talking about them getting up, but nobody's talking about 
us also doing stuff behind the scenes. So yes, men, we understand you work hard, but it's noticed. We just want ours. Man, I remember one time Flau and I, we were like kindly discussing that (laughs) that his income was, you know, whatever. And I'm like, well, do you want me to tell you my income is? And he's like, nothing. And I'm like, oh, well. I'm a housekeeper. I do the laundry. I'm a babysitter. I'm a daycare. I am a therapist. I am a nutritionist. I am. A, I'm like we can go on and on about what I am, but you know, I would make a million dollars a year. <laughs> That's so funny to hear. I mean, obviously, the same conversation is going on in every relationship oh, yeah, a little sure. bit differently. And I'm like, am I irrational for saying this? Okay, great. All the other women have been saying the same. Ladies out there, you deserve a check. (laughs) It's the same argument, people. Doesn't matter who you are. Same argument. (laughs) So, how have your kids been? Like, how do they deal with moving? Are they do they like it? Do they like being able to explore new things and be around new people? Or like how how do they deal with it? Yeah, so we taught our kids, we I always made it fun for them, like, oh, we get to go to our other house and you have a whole new set of toys there. Let's go. And then you know, starting around this time, I would take construction paper and clip it together and they would pull a piece of construction paper off counting down to, you know, when we would go back to Kentucky and then they knew 4th of July was like our hoorah end of the summer thing. And then we would end up going, you know, back to Jersey. And my son was really sad going back and forth after he got a, you know, developed a a relationship with my family and Blau's family moved up here um, but Naya was more of a, I mean, she wanted to be with me all, all the time, so she didn't care. Um, but they just adapted and I made it fun for them. I'm like, you know, there's kids that have to stay in one place all the time and you guys get two homes and two rooms and two sets of friends and I'm sure it bothers them. But, you know, now they're telling me I really miss New Jersey and my Jersey friends. So it's just hard to explain to people, you know, my kids are sad and they're like, well, you you have such a great life. I'm like, yeah, but there's so much involved in the NFL life, you know? Yeah. Especially you having kids that are school age now, it's not mm-hmm. often that an NFL football player has kids right. in school because the career doesn't always mm-hmm. last that long, but you guys are in for nine years. Yeah. A long time. So Allison, did you ever have that where you had a kid moving around like that? I'm curious. Now, she's asking because I was a teacher (laughs) prior to being a... Kudos to you because being a teacher right now, I'm like, whew. Yeah. They Um, need to make more money. I I didn't have kids um, that would leave mid-year. When I did work at a school where just the students were very transient, Mm -hmm. but that was not because they were living a a high life. Yeah. the latter, but yeah, we have in Louisville, there's um, a lot of NFL players that are retired that live out by us. And then Kentucky, I'm in Louisville. There's a, there's a, a few uh, jockeys from, you know, the Derby, the horse races, yeah. they have jockeys that live here and they travel a lot. So their kids go in and out of school here. So the school here works really good with them too. Um, just because they're familiar with I think there was, there's a girl in our school, um, her dad played lineman with the Jets a while ago and they would travel back and forth. So they're familiar with it. Um, but you know, I tried to give them consistency in both places. So one school, you know, one schedule here, one school, one schedule here, just so that they know that might be a change, but I, I know that change, you know, which probably made them prepared for for COVID when oh, yeah. in the second half of this last school year and mm-hmm. your kids were probably better with that transition than others who'd never had to switch up life like that yeah I don't want to go off topic but it just makes me sad that like we have the ability to be at home and I get to teach my kids at home and there are so many kids like suffering right now not having a parent or a grandparent or someone at home teaching them And that was their only outlet, you know? And so, 
you know, I had the ability to put them back in school. They started three weeks ago and they're, they're already different. They're happy. They come home from school excited and telling me about what they did during the day and recess, even with masks on, you know, it's so important for them socially to get that and to get love and and food at school, you know? So it makes me sad thinking about the COVID lifestyle for the kids right now, but yeah. That's actually a good transition because the social life is so important for your kids' sanity, but also for you. Mm -hmm. So tell us, what was your social life like when you were um, with the Jets? So my first couple years, I had like severe postpartum depression. With uh, Tavis, I was pregnant. And I, so I was 18. I lived at home. I moved out in college, but I was still at home. And so when he got drafted, I had this plan in my mind when we got married. I was going to be a nurse. He was going to be, he was in school to be a corrections officer. I'm like, he's just going to graduate. We're going to live in Louisville the rest of our lives and have our like happy family. And then he got drafted and he's like, all right, we have to move. I'm like, I'm not going to move from my family. So when we moved, that was a, that was a hard transition for me because I wasn't used to being away from anyone. And then being pregnant, I had a hard pregnancy. I was tired all the time. I was nauseous from the, from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed. So I didn't really do much the first year to get involved, which I do regret because it's so important for women to get involved. Um, and then the second year, I mean, I was so depressed and you can ask anything on social media, you know, but I really was, I, I, I was insecure about who I was and my body and how I felt as a woman. And, you know, I had this young husband that was doing well on the football field. So I really struggled. Um, and then third year was okay. Had Naya. I mean, my first four or five years was, was a, a, a roller coaster up and down. And then I fell in love with this trainer in Jersey, um, Joseph D shout out to him. He's awesome. And, uh, so yeah, I started working out with him and I ended up losing like 60 pounds and kind of like found who I was again. I was an athlete through high school. I played intramurals in college. And, um, so socially I got more involved cause I was confident with who I was, you know? And then I started, um, we went to Bible study at, with the jets and then we would do events and I was ready to go to the events. Cause I'm like, yeah, I finally look good in pictures. And you know, all that good stuff. I could feel like I could post it, um, which is so cliche because if that's what you're worried about, but it's the truth. You know, you live this lifestyle where you have a spouse that's in the limelight and you feel like you have to look and play a certain part, unfortunately, you know, and when you say you don't care, you look at the comments on Twitter and social media and you're like, wow, these people are really mean with what they have to say, you know? So the last year, I really enjoyed it. There was a lot of young girls and um, even the the, vet, the veteran women that were there with me, Renette and Jenny were like my best friends. And uh, so it was really nice. I had a, I had a really nice last couple of years there. Um, Jenny and I, um, I told her she better be waiting for a call from you because <laughs> she's going to be <laughs> the lady following me. But um, we would like seriously just drink wine together on game nights and just having like a friend, you know, to watch games with and have someone understand you when you talk about football, you don't want to hear from a friend. Oh, just be grateful that he's on a team or be grateful. No, I'm like cheers and wine. Like, girl, do you know that he'll come home tonight and be so tired and I woke up with the kids, you know, like someone that you can relate to and talk to that's not going to judge you. You know, they know how you feel. Yeah. Exactly. And and we, we've said this quite a bit, like it's you can't really talk to your friends about it unless like they've actually been through it because it's so weird and it doesn't want to come from a place where you're ungrateful and you don't understand this amazing opportunity that you've been put into. But it is a lot of pressure. And when like you were talking about how you feel like you have to look this certain way because people do say, oh, he could get a hotter girl. So it's not like we're just making this stuff up. No, I've because- been told that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's like, well, I could get a hotter guy too. Like, what are you talking about? You know, it's like, it could go both ways, but it's just so brutal. And it's like things that nobody ever asked your opinion on. It's it's just, just stay there on Twitter. Don't come at me. Uh Yes. Please stay behind the keyboard. I ain't got time for it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't don't mess with me right now. And the older I got, the more I'm like, if you don't just 
unfollow me or block me because I do not have time for your comments. You know, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I, I, I can't even look at stuff and even more like if I look at Twitter, or just like a keyword, I know people who do and I'm like, why do you do that to yourself? God forbid your man have a bad game. I mean, don't get on, don't get on social media. Yeah, I, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> so I, I told you before we started recording that I mm -hmm. looked at your kids page. And yeah. I think it is so cool and so fun. You like completely hype up your kids. You're like your kid's biggest hype man. You're not just like, oh, they did the coolest thing. You're like making sure their videos look cool, <laughs> like hyping them up in the conversations you're having. Like you, obviously you could say this about every mother, but I feel like I see it on your page. Like it really comes through. You're like, you know, your daughter's good at this. You know, your son's good at this. You just want them to be seen in the best light and to shine, see what you see behind closed doors. And that's awesome. It's It made me smile just looking at the page. Thank you. Yeah, so um, Naya is the complete opposite of what I was. I mean, I did not dance. I did not sing. I couldn't dance. I had no, I had like no flipping abilities. I had no interest in flipping. And she just, from the minute she came out, she was trying to do cartwheels and flips and rolls. And so one of my biggest things was I want to know what my kids love. And then, you know, like, I believe God gives everyone a talent, everyone a gift. And a lot of people don't don't accept their gift and then they go left with their life when really like if you just acknowledge what your gift is and you season it you could be amazing so i really wanted to always make sure that i acknowledged my children's gifts even if it's not what i really would have thought or wanted them to do um and i think naya's like the coolest little diva queen and like ever she some of the things she says i'm like how did you like think of that to say that and um and Tavis he was really into like animals and I took him to the zoo four times a week his whole first five years of his life I mean Ninja Turtles and then boom one day he just loved sports and Blau and I had an agreement you will never force sports on him because I want him to choose it I never want him to live in your shadow because even if he is the best, he's always going to have Blau Pals kid tagged on his back, you know? And I'll be darned if Tavis doesn't ask me, like, Mom, name your top 10 favorite Jets of all time. Okay, if you had a starting lineup of all the quarterbacks, running backs, and I mean, he just asked me all these questions, like, Tavis, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, son. So, yeah, he's he's awesome, too. And um, it's been a blessing in disguise having Blau home this season because – he's gotten to coach Tavis's little league team. So that was really cool. Yeah. I saw those pictures yeah. too. That's so cute. And I, I think that's really cool that you said that you didn't want to push anything on them. Cause I feel like growing up as an athlete and obviously being a professional athlete, you're like, what ball are you going to put in their hand first? Like that, like soccer ball or football. Yeah. And just to give them that choice to actually grow into it and love it themselves and find what they're good at. I think that's super cool. I haven't, heard of it like that before because I'm like oh soccer ball first yeah, thing exactly that's what do. so I know that's pretty cool yeah I same with you know he likes basketball thank god because I played basketball and I'm like do something that I like <laughs> so he just started his league last week he has practice tonight and um Blau and I were sitting on the bleachers watching his game on Saturday and I was screaming like they're pressing pass on the press and Blau looked at me and he said something wrong. I'm like, you don't know it. Shut up. Like, let me coach this time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm so cool. I get to coach our son, not you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I did want to bring this up because the second video that I did see on your kid's page, you were talking about the discrimination that they mm -hmm. have personally faced being yeah. a mix, mixed kid. Mm -hmm. um, and even before Black Lives Matter blew up, a couple mm -hmm. months ago, you guys have always talked about what it's really like being an interracial couple, like things that you guys have actually experienced. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that, like what, how you guys came into that role. Yeah, it's, um, I think when you decide to be in an interracial marriage, an interracial relationship of any kind, you're choosing to um, accept someone else's culture. And I think it's important that you teach your kids your both cultures. So 
when Blau and I met, so uh, we were friends for two years and he kind of dated, he had a girlfriend, um, his, his freshman year of college and I was doing my own thing. And so when we met, we were just friends and we hung out, um, like very surface level friendship. And then we got closer and he had never uh, dated a white girl. Um, so he, and he, (laughs) he said he never would. So when we, I guess when he started catching feelings, he was like, "Mm, I don't want these feelings. (laughs) And so for, you know, for the, for the, the duration of our friendship, you know, he was adamant that we were not going to be together. And then I, I started, um, knowing his mom and she was like, son, you know, you love her. Like, what are you doing? And so finally I was just tired of his games and I had told him, uh, (laughs) you know, I, I, we just can't be friends anymore. And I like pretended that I was dating this guy, which I wasn't dating this guy. And he went home to Florida and sent me a Christmas card and said, I really want you to be my girlfriend. Like, I really like you. And it was all she wrote. We were engaged for like nine months. No, we were dating nine months, engaged for four and then married. And now we're coming up on 10 years. So, um, but when we did get married, we realized culturally we were naturally different, you know, and I grew up with not a lot of money. And one of the two things that really connected us was Jesus and um, the way we we, the way we grew up, we could relate on a lot of things. And he realized he could relate to me more, um, than anyone he had ever dated. So we, when we had kids, you know, we really were like, it, it's very important that our kids know one society sees you as black. It doesn't matter if you're light skinned. It doesn't matter what shade of Brown you are. Society sees you as black and that you should love being black. Um, you are beautiful and you're strong. And so it was very important for me, um, to teach my children that and for Blau to teach the kids that over the years I've seen crazy things happen to us and to him individually because of the color of his skin. And I, I have always posted videos about it. I've always posted, you know, long posts about it, trying to bring awareness to people that sometimes I feel are just ignorant to the fact that it exists. I know there's blatant racism, but then I I also think there's um, people that have been raised a certain way their whole life, and they just need to be educated on on the things that they're not aware of. Um, So yeah, I've always, and I'm always very open dialogue with my kids, you know, what happened in school today? And if, you know, I remember Naya telling me a little girl made fun of her hair. And uh, I said, oh, why did she, why do you think she did that? And she's like, all the girl's hair in my classroom is straight. And I'm like, you know what? You have really special hair because it's curly and God made that curly hair just for you. And um, every now and then, every now and then she'll want like a blowout or something and I'll give it to her, but I'll say, you know, God made your hair that way for you. So, um, and with Tavis, gosh, he's been called the N word in school. Um, yeah. And I, I've raised heck about it, but, um, I've had to teach him, you know, about that word and why that word exists. And, um, that although we don't use that word, certain people, if they call you that word, you need to tell someone immediately. Um, and if it's done, multiple times just knock them out. (laughs) Um, we'll talk about it later to them, to the parents, but yeah. So I think it's important to educate because education is key. Knowledge is power. And, uh, I think a lot of people automatically get annoyed or just very, I can't be friends with you or I don't want to talk to you because you have this point of view, but really isn't, isn't it all about growth and, and, teaching and experience, you know, when I saw that video too, that I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause I remember like, I'm, I'm of lighter complexion, but I am also mixed. Mm-hmm. So I've had mm-hmm. people say, Oh, your hair's so pretty straight. It looks so much better straight. Like it looks like a lot formal and stuff. So just like 
you know, just implying that me as myself is not as beautiful mm-hmm. as it would be straight. So like when I see little girls like that, like not a beautiful little girl, mm-hmm. you know, but she thinks that she's not pretty because that's what these girls are saying to her, which is mm-hmm. awful. And mm-hmm. for a, like a young girl to be told that you're not pretty, I think is like the the most offensive thing. And then for a guy to like insult them using that terrible word is the most insulting thing for them. So right. to hear that, like, it's just, and I don't understand why kids that young too, like you don't grow up with that hate. You, or no, you're not it born starts with that. at the home for sure. Definitely starts at the home. And I feel like, you know, people have embedded you know, thoughts and teachings that, you know, at what, at one point we're going to have to break these like generational issues and generational, like awful, you know, discriminatory things, you know, we just have to bring awareness to it, acknowledge it and teach why it's wrong and, you know, what we can do differently. And so I want to bring this to a bit more of a positive. Now we're talking about <laughs> you and Bilal's a relationship. Yeah. Um, when I see your posts, I love that you post these like photos showing your attraction to your husband <laughs> still, you know, like, I feel like when I try to do something like that, chat's like, don't like, don't post that. I'm like, why? Like we're in a relationship. It's not like it's some random person. I yeah. love that you guys do that and like actually show that affection and that attraction in your photos. And that still, yeah. like, I saw your video of Naya saying how, this is how, uh, this is how people drink their wine. And she, yeah. She's doing it all sassy. You're like, oh my gosh, I guess she saw me looking at her dad. <laughs> I love yeah. that though. Yeah, he's like truly my best friend. And I feel like as annoying as it was being friends for so long and not like dating, it was probably the the best part of our relationship because now when we fight, you literally can revert back to friendship. And you're like, well, I know we're not getting divorced. And I know that <laughs> when we were friends, this is how we would have handled this situation. So like, let me remove my, you know, not my emotional feelings, but let me, let me think of how I would look at you as a friend. And like, you're a person with feelings. My emotions are involved, but maybe I'm hurting you and I don't even know it. Or maybe you should look at that. You're hurting me, even though and not intentionally and think about like how you're saying something or what you're saying something. And, you know, those conversations happened a lot when we were friends just in general. So I think that really helped us a lot. And I mean, if you, if you talk to the people, on, the girls on the Jets, they know Blau and I are just, we're little freakies. We just love each other and just, you know, um, that's how we keep our relationship, quote unquote, young, you know, 10 years in, two kids, you know, you just got to make it work. I love that you saying reverting back to your friendship before. I've never heard of it that way. I feel like I'm getting yeah. so much relationship advice. Every person I talk to, I'm like, oh, that's a great piece of advice. I love that. that down. Yeah. I'm, I have my little like notebook right here. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Brian and I weren't really friends first at all. Like we just like met and dated. Um, but I've asked him to do that before. I'm like, okay, can you just listen to me? not as my husband, but listen right. to me as my friend right now. And that's hard to do. Oh gosh. It's, it's so hard yourself. Yeah. That mindset. Yeah. And um, sometimes even when we're, you know, like with football, I'm like, okay, not as your wife, but as like a fan of the sport, this is what I saw today. <laughs> or, you know, just parenting, you know, not as your spouse, but if I was outside looking in, maybe you're hurting Tavis's feelings and you don't realize it because you're being so passionate, you know? So I think, and what we've learned too is don't ever say you make me feel because, and I, I share this with like all the, all the couples that we, um, we talk to saying, putting that heavy pressure on that individual. Like if, if I feel depressed because Blau hurt my feelings. I'm not going to say you make me feel. I'm going to say I feel this way when you do this. And men are, they feel so attacked all the time. They're babies, you know, like I always say God created a man first and then said, whoo, I got to tweak this thing and created a woman. (laughs) And so we, I believe we are the maternal loving beings on earth. And we have to be a little more understanding of them, you know? And so I cannot, I have to be very careful with my words because 
he reacts way differently to me when I don't attack him, but more of a, hey, you know, I feel really da 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 when that happens or when you say that. And he's like, oh, sorry. Instead of me saying, you make me feel terrible. No, it makes you feel terrible. I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah, because nobody wants to be attacked. Then you're automatically going to go to defense, defensive mode, and then you're, it's not going to be a conversation anymore. It's going to be an argument. Exactly. <laughs> I need to take that advice to heart. Chad, did you hear that? I said it. Okay. It's all recording. Relax. <laughs> He's like, chalk one up for Jesse. <laughs> I know, right? This is how I know if he listens or not. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> so Allison... It was talking about, she was like, why don't we start asking people about the holidays? You can't do traditions anymore. I was like, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. So with you having older kids, and now that you're finally able to stay in one place, I mean, I'm sure that's easier and you're around your family, but how did you guys celebrate the holidays moving around all the time? That's a great question to ask everyone because I think everyone does it differently. Um so the first couple years when we were in hotels, we would get the little three foot tree from Target and just decorate it and call it a day. And then, you know, we would move the first of the year because the, you know, the Jets never made it to the playoffs. So we uh, we would be heading home the first week of January. I would just pack it up and put it in storage and like, you know, call it a day. And then when the kids got older and we got our apartment up there. I kept like a little six foot tree and kept it in the storage up there. Talk about accumulating some storage too, because we had four storages we had to move this past June. But um, yeah, so we would put the tree up and then take it down, but we could never buy big bulky things for the kids because we had to pack it in the car and bring it back here. Mm -hmm. So we would always tell them Santa visits you you know, in New Jersey, and then he leaves you your bigger presence in Kentucky and you get your bigger presence when you get there. And so they would have something at, you know, Mimi and Papa's from Santa that are the bigger gifts. And then the smaller gifts would be in Jersey where we could throw it in the car and bring it home. Um, so I had to get pretty like, you know, thoughtful. I'd turn to like baking things and making crafts and, you know, Tavis is a shoot fiend like his dad. So he always wanted shoes. I could throw those in suitcases. Um, and then when Blau had his really bad neck injury, that was our first year having Christmas at home together. And I went all out. I mean, I played, I paid somebody to come in and just deck our whole house out. And we have like a 10 foot Christmas tree and like all kinds of stuff here. So I'm definitely putting him up this year. I'm just hoping Blau's not here, here selfishly because I want him to be on a team for himself, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's that thing you want to be on a team, but you also right. want them for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Like what, what's more selfish? Like I don't <laughs> wanting yeah. him to go away so I can like plan all this stuff and then yeah, not being great. stressful. Cause then, you know, when they're around you and, and it's not on a team, it's, there's always some stress there. I think, yeah. I think there's always a level of uneasiness with them, you know, even as, as much as they try to be, Oh, I'm fine. And, you know, we have a construction business here and he's doing that. And, you know, he has his life after football planned, but I think if you don't get to walk away from football by choice, I think that's all, it's always there. You know, it's always on the back of their mind of like, if I went to this team instead of this team, would it be different? If I, you know, if I built this relationship differently, would I still be on a team, you know? And we had originally thought that, um, after his neck injury, he was done. So that was a crazy, crazy six or seven months. But now it's, it's like, well, we've been here before, you know? So when he got his neck injury, it was such a hard transition of being at home and the unknown, you know, the NFL is just so unknown and we weren't sure if he'd ever play again, even if his neck would heal, we weren't sure. And so we've been here in this position before. Um, but it's just like, man, they're just the, the, unknown is just so uncomfortable, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, and you can't really fault them, you know, for being, having that stress or maybe like a little bit more on edge. Like I would be on edge Mm -hmm. too, if my job was a phone call away or if it wasn't a phone call away. So that's completely understandable. We are on edge because our life is phone call away too. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And I try to explain to everyone, (laughs) excuse me, they're like, enjoy him being home. And I'm like, I can't really, honestly, because I don't know, you know, I have two sets of doctors, two dentists. I have two, you know, uh, school systems. I have two, you know, gynos. I have two, I have two of everything. And 
then not to mention, I have to find a whole new set of those when I go to a new team and I have to pack up my kids. I have to pack myself up. When he gets that phone call, if he makes the team, I have to pack up a suitcase for him to send it. You know, I, I have my, my things here, but I can't really fully commit to like who I want to be because I can't, I don't know. I can't, I had my, you know, gym for four years and I gave it up during COVID because the building got sold. But I was so inconsistent with being able to train people because I'd have to leave for five months out of the year, you know, and then I'd have to come back and get a whole new set of clientele because obviously I would travel with him and be there with him. And so, yeah, like our lives are a phone call away, you know, I, I never know. So I just, uh, I actually just signed up to be a substitute teacher at my kid's school just in case he leaves and I'll have something to do. Um, but yeah, just like you said, it's, our lives are so up in the air. You never know. That's the reason the podcast got started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you don't, know, you don't know if all of that's happening tomorrow. Yeah. It's, it I very mean, well could. It could all yeah. be completely different tomorrow. Yeah. It's and insane. that's the hard part. You don't really get the time to prepare for him to, to leave you. No. I, when he got the call to go out to California, he they called him at 1130, uh, told him your flight's booked at 5 be at the airport at three. So at 1130, he was like, I have to leave, you know, in a couple hours. And then I, I didn't get to see him till he got home that Saturday. But if he stayed, if he, if he chose to sign, I wouldn't have seen him for weeks. So it's just, you know, that's the ugly side of the NFL that I think people don't see on top of knowing that your husband is really just kind of like a piece of meat. Unfortunately, you know, it's just, you go in, you work hard. If you're hurt, go to IR, we'll figure it out. And then as a woman, you're left to pick up the pieces. And not only are you being hard, you know, strong for yourself, but you have to put on a brave face for them too, you know? Yeah, you can't have two people freaking out. No. When he had his neck injury, I mean, I remember the doctor telling him, you know, he went numb from the from the um from the waist up and his arms went numb and then when he stood up, he had shocking pains go down his legs and I mean, I knew something was wrong and I, I tried to go downstairs and they said, it's just a concussion. And I mean, this was year seven. So I'm like, no, year eight. I'm like, this is not a concussion. I, I, you know, I know what a concussion looks like. This is not a concussion. And uh, sure enough, we went to the doctor the next day and he said, you know, you have to retire or you have to have this surgery because I can't let you play anymore with your spine looking like this. And they gave us um, a 70% chance of recovery and then nine to 12 months of, you know, recovery. And, you know, by the grace of God, he healed in four and a half months. But, you know, you, it's just, you just never know. And I have to be brave. I can't, you know, if he's depressed and I'm depressed too, we're both sitting there depressed. And then we're no, no good to each other, no good for our family, no good to the kids, you know? So yeah, women in the NFL are strong. Yeah. I, I didn't know all the specifics about everything that yeah. went into it. I know he had a really horrible injury and you said it was 2018, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. October. Cause, yeah. Cause I was, I was still were yeah. we there. Oh wait, I th- no. I think you were there the year before. I think. <laughs> okay. I think I moved. I, out you there might have been there that year because I, I mean, after October, we just came home. It was just miserable. <laughs> yeah. I could imagine, but I mean, thank God. Right. Like mm-hmm it, it all worked out. Like he, he's walking, he's looking for another team, like walking and yeah. not being numb. Like that's, that's what I told walking. him. Like you're walking, you know, they said that his disc came out and clipped his spinal cord. So on the MRI, you can see like his spinal cord was bruised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, it's just scary because, you know, even with Tavis playing football now, I'm sitting on the edge of <laughs> sitting on the bleacher and I don't want to talk to any of the moms and, you know, they're like, you're really into this. I'm like, my stomach is in knots. Like, I feel like I could go to the bathroom 30 times right now. And this is my eight-year-old son. And this is how it is for me every Sunday watching Blau, especially after the injury, because as you know, it's you're, you're one play away from being done or you're one play away from blowing up. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. And then it's not just the NFL anymore. That's your life. Like your life isn't those couple of years in the NFL. It becomes your reality. Correct. Yeah. So quickly. And it's just wild thinking about it. We're not going to think about it though. (laughs) All good times. He's grateful. I'm so grateful. (laughs) Looking for a team. We're good. That's right. 
You mentioned you have a fitness business. You also have a construction company. We yeah. talked about you being the voice for audiobooks. What are you not yeah. doing now, Jesse? <laughs> oh, man, sleeping. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I started Jess Fit uh, years ago, and I'm kind of on like a, a leave right now because I can't really commit to consistent weekend workouts anymore. And I don't have my gym COVID the building sold and I didn't, they were upping the rent and I didn't want to pay it knowing I could be gone half the year and I'm just eating that money. Um, and so I want to, you know, continue in that just, it's just not that season in my life right now for that. I, uh, I teach kickboxing classes and I love it. It's, it's amazing. Um, and I was really I really feel like I was really good at it. Um, and then I started selling clothes from Pixie Lane, which is like a clothing company out in LA uh, for little girls and moms. I spent way too much money last year on it um, from a lady in New Jersey. So I'm like, I'm just going to sell it myself. So I did. And I'm trying to bring that to Louisville. There's not really anyone in Louisville that sells it. So I do that. And then, yeah, we just uh, partnered our partners at Gray Built Homes in Southern Indiana um, we are starting to build houses. So they already have constructed one. They do remodeling and, um, our partner's been in the building business for years and years. His grandpa was a builder for years. So we are excited to start building homes. We have two lots that we just bought and get to, uh, start construction building for, for families. And my prayer and hope is that we're like the big builders and Louisville and Southern Indiana one day, you know, and audio booking. Of course. <laughs> I want to buy a microphone and start doing that. I think it's cool. And it's, it's almost like a, you know, I think we were saying like a meditation type of thing. It's just comforting for me to just read out loud. Um, and then I'm so extra. I like to like do the voices in the books and everything anyway. So I think it'd be fun. <laughs> And your kids can listen to it too. So exactly. you don't always have to do it every night. Be like, listen to me in the headphones. You know, get, get your phone and click on iBooks. <laughs> Download my audio book. Allison, jump on this. You want to get to building houses and decorating houses too. Come on. Say, a lot of women that we've interviewed have talked about being in real estate and building homes. I think they should just make a show where all the NFL players <laughs> each have Wouldn't that be so fun? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Yeah. I could like, we could build the home. You could come design it. And then like Renette could sell it. There you go. <laughs> we got to call it something and pitch it to somebody. You know, I think about the name of my TV show all the time and oh, I haven't God. come up with anything good, which means <laughs> it's not time. We're not ready for it. Allison's legacy. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Allison's touch. No, maybe not. It has to be something with football or else people won't watch. I know. Isn't that crazy that you like, if you put football in it, they're like, yeah. Yeah, we'll watch him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's why I'm like, you got to do something in fitness. If you if people are like, I get trained by an ex-NFL player. Money, here, have it, yeah. all of it. I We've actually talked about that. We've actually talked about like starting to post like our workouts because we work out every day in the mornings together. And I'm telling you, these are like brutal workouts this guy's got me doing. And I'm like, we should do that because I know people would love it. Just, you know, and we, you know, we're goofy. So I would think they'd, they would watch it. I don't know. Never yeah. Know. I saw the video where he's going like, my butt. <laughs> I'm pushing like 180 pounds, 50 yards. And he's smacking my butt the whole time. Save this for later, honey. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting that gym pump for later. I yeah, got you. Right. <laughs> I like that idea. I think a lot of people, I would watch it because yeah. seeing the goofy side of a football player, like people love that stuff. Yeah. And Blau does not come across as goofy. So I think people would like it. Yeah. He seems very like looking at his Instagram because I was looking between so the serious. two. Just, yeah. He looks, yeah. he looks very serious. Yeah. He's very like debonair. I don't know. I'm not, I'm like, do I have a booger in my nose? <laughs> It's like, gosh, you got to have the fun one in the relationship. And you feel like he's the same around you that he is like in the media. Oh. Like, is he the same? Gosh, no, no. He is like, 
he's moody for sure. But like what man is not moody, you know, but he, he definitely is like goofy with me. Um, and he's told me I've pulled a lot out of him because I'm, I'm a talker. I mean, I could chit chat for hours with like anyone. And so he's like, I just don't feel like talking. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you're married to me. So you're going to talk. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And interviews, he doesn't like to do interviews. He really just likes to work hard and then relax. Um, the few friends that were around a lot and family, they know the true him, but even them, they're like, yeah, he's, he's moody. I'm like it's a man thing. My mom always says it's a man thing. Your father's the same way. I guess, I guess we can agree on that. It yeah. is a man. I, I, the, I've, I feel like the, when I say the older I get, obviously I know I'm young, but the older I get, the more I realize that like, we are very similar as women and men are very similar as men. Like no matter what race, how you grew up, you all react kind of the same. And all men, like yeah. you were saying earlier, they're a little bit of cry babies. <laughs> Can you imagine if they were the ones that had to carry babies? We would not be a populated earth. I don't know if I'm even going to put this in. If This is like PG, but we're women. <laughs> so I just got the IUD and I like it. it I thought I was being torn apart. Like I couldn't yeah. drive. He like had to drive me. I was like this on the bed. Like, <laughs> oh mm -hmm. my God. I had to take some strong painkillers that like he takes. Yeah. So it was. And then you're looking at him like, I'm doing this for you. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this is for, in me. This happening to me, but it's for us. For so, Yeah, exactly. Just so you know. <laughs> I remember when I had Tavis, I had to have him naturally. I, my water broke early and, um, I was like shaking and I was like, tell him, don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Don't do nothing because I'm in this position because of you. And, uh, and then after I had taps, I was like, oh, I'm ready to do it again. But yeah, there's no way that they could deal with that. You know? Oh my gosh. No. Like when they're like, it's just like, you know what he actually told me one time when I had period cramps, he goes, drink water. Yeah. You're hydrated. It's cramping. <laughs> Like, it ain't that kind of cramping, honey. <laughs> oh, I I was like, you. He, he thinks that everything could be fixed by drinking water. Well, a lot of us, too. I have kidney stones. He's like, you don't drink enough water. I have headaches. <laughs> you don't drink enough water. My eyes are tired. It's because you don't drink enough water. Last <laughs> night. Yeah, last night we had friends over, and I was like, gosh, like, my eyes just itch. <laughs> You're not hydrated. I'm like, bruh. <laughs> What is the NFL teaching these men? Don't drink your own water. <laughs> I mean, I don't drink enough water, but I don't think everything is because I'm dehydrated. I'm just going to say it. I definitely don't drink enough water. Exactly. Exactly. You mentioned earlier that because you don't know when he's going to get a call and leave, or you don't know where your life in the NFL is going from here, you can't really fully commit to who you want to be. Is there any anything else like any other business venture or something that you're looking forward to doing after the NFL that you can't start now? You know, I don't know because I, I was in school for teaching and then I decided to do nursing and I, uh, I was a nursing assistant in the hospital here for like seven years. I went from, you know, I went to palliative, mother, baby. I floated. I was a um, transporter, and I really enjoyed being in the hospital. But now that I've had the freedom of not having to go to a nine-to-five, my mind has kind of shifted to more of a what can I do on my own terms and make my own money. Um, and I'm grateful for that, but you have to <laughs> you have to think a lot when you do that, you know, like – I have to constantly with, you know, with the clothing I'm selling, I have to constantly be on or, you know, I really, um, this like audiobook thing might be short lived, but I think that's cool. You know, like doing something on your, at your free time where I'm able to be with the kids on, you know, field trips and there to pick them up there to drop them off, you know, or, um, I don't know. I really want to dive into the more like you, I want to, I want to pick tiles and I want to pick floors and I want to pick lighting for houses that we you know, construct. And, um, my partner, Kelsey, she is really into that too. And so I'm excited to grow that relationship and that business. Um, and I just know when we are fully committed to here, they know I'll be every day. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, you know, they're aware that we have said, Hey, we don't know really what we're going to do right now or not, but long-term, this is what we want to do. So yeah, that's what I really want to do. 
fun. Like Allison was saying, even um, to our previous guests or talking with them about is it changes, mm-hmm. like depending on also your experiences within the NFL, like they are life-changing. Yeah. So you may completely decide that you want to do something else. Like there's yep. an organization, maybe you're a part of on one team and you want to devote your life to that. So it's like, you're constantly having to say, okay, like how do I pivot to what I'm passionate about without having to pivot to so many different things? Like actually yeah. finding, like you're saying the part of you, like who you are, who you want to be after all this. That's exactly what it is. Like you have all these thoughts and ideas but you really have to like learn who you are and your what you're good at and know, can I really fully commit to that? It's a great idea. It's a great thought. It's a dream, quote unquote dream. But is that really what I want to do? Is it really what I want to commit to long term? You know, do you think that being in the NFL gives us like commitment issues? Because you're saying this. And I'm like, I feel like I said that last year and I never used that phrase before. Yeah. But like living in two different places throughout the year like only you only have a part-time home really like does that mess with us is that making us feel like we can't commit to something and this is never going to go away it's the truth and I just told Blau we were driving down the road and I'm like Louisville is my home and I love Louisville like I will rep 502 like it ain't nothing but now I'm like man I'm kind of bored (laughs) And before I was like ready to come home and now I'm just like, it just doesn't have this for me. It doesn't have this for me. And I'm like, is this because I'm not used to having like any stability for the past 10 years almost? Is that what it is? Because now I'm just always looking for something different. I'm always wanting to do something different. I'm always wanting to go to a new restaurant or try a new adventure or something. And I find myself not being okay with complacency like I used to be. And yeah, I think it's a problem. I think it's a problem. I don't know. I mean, the way you just said it, not being okay with complacency, I think that makes it a positive thing. Very true. Yeah, you don't want to be complacent. Very true. Because then you're not using all your your manpower, your brain power. That's very true. I do think I have commitment issues now because of it, though. Yeah, you said that. And I was like, you know, I said that last year. And that's not something I've ever said before. I know. Yeah, I'm a pretty OCD consistent person. And now I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. Interesting. That's, I mean, you're learning more about yourself. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're constantly learning more about yourself, especially now it's like all just being compressed into the beginning of your young life. Yep. That's cool though. So is there any, anything that you want to tell your audience, any new business of your multiple businesses that you'd like to share with us? Give yourself a shout out. Yeah. yeah, if you guys could just follow Gray Built Homes, it's G R E Y B U I L T, Gray Built Homes on Instagram. It's in my little handle. Um, I'm Jesse underscore Powell 29. Um, and then Pixie Lane is on, on my handle too. Those are my, my ventures right now. Um, and my kids, um, I'm trying to grow their page. I just think they're just so cool and I want to kind of share them safely with the world, you know? Um, and I guess just for the women out there that are in the thick of it, um, stay strong. And even though you, and I did it, I, I don't know how many times I've cried, like no one understands me. Uh, we understand you. And I think we need to do a better job. I appreciate you guys doing the podcast because we need to do a better job of opening up and being there for other women and not allowing uh, word of mouth and social media to be our identity because I think young girls, young women coming in, new women coming in, they really think that they have to fit a certain persona and a mold. And I just don't think that's like, it's just not right, you know? And um, for those of you that are struggling with friends, not understanding our family, just remember everybody's, everybody's life is relative. And um, Jenny, made that comment to me a couple years ago and it stuck with me. You know, I, I would, I was telling her, you know, I just feel like so not understood. And, um, I know this sounds stupid that I'm complaining about this. And she said, you know, I used to think that, but my mom told me everything is relative and it really stuck with me. I'm like, you're right. My life is re- My issues are relative, just like your issues are relative and your issues are relative just because your problems m- might be harder doesn't mean that in my life my problems don't matter 
you know? So I think that's really important, especially for our mental health being in this like inconsistent lifestyle. I think in what you, that, that's a piece of advice that I think all women can take having that. I think it makes you a better person. Like now that we're in the league and I know these people personally, these people that people like to talk mess about, I look at celebrities. I'm like, they are not this person. They're humans. They're Mm -hmm. humans just like we are. And after being behind the scenes and having people talk mess about people I love, it's like, I feel like that's made me a better person in realizing and understanding people. So for young girls, like looking at the wives of the WAGs or the NFL players and stuff like it's, we, you know, we are, we are people like some of us are a little bougie, more bougie than the others. And that's fine. I've been called bougie, but it is what it is. I mean, I like nice things and you know, I grew up with nothing and then I, you know, my bouginess is relative to my life. You know, there, <laughs> there are other people that are bougie in their level of life or somebody that's way higher up than me. Their life is bougie. And I'm like, dang, she's bougie. But, you know, it just depends on your life and what you do, you know? Yeah. What you want to do with it. Exactly. I, I love that. And so w- we gave you gave uh, that piece of advice for our listeners, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give to the NF, the women of the NFL just coming in and then your overall, I mean, if you want to tie that in with your overall experience. Yeah. So my advice would be to not take this for granted because, um, this is such a short lived career. And I know that in nine years, it is very rare for Blau to have been one-on-one team and two, to be in the league this long. So every single year that you get to experience it, get involved, enjoy it, you know, don't, don't take it for granted because it will be gone. And then you're going to have to adjust to life after football. Um, I will also encourage every single um, woman. And then you encourage your husband to not find your identity in football, because if you become so engulfed in being a football player or a football wife, when it's over, you have to learn who you are all over again. And that's a hard adjustment. I've seen it happen. And, um, you know, I've experienced, you know, it being taken away with his injury. And now, you know, we thought he would be on a team and he's not. And if I'm being honest, like no one really has a reason why he's not on a team. So it's one of those things where you just have to accept that maybe this is not what God wants for us right now. And if he wants us to be on a team, we'll be on a team. And if not, we won't. But we have to, you know, you have each other um, and you're, you be there to support each other and never forget like who you are outside of the league. I love that. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't, don't lose your own identity. Don't make your identity football. Cause right. as an, as a former athlete as well, we, I, I think we've all, like I grew up playing soccer. That was mm-hmm. who I was. I was Bryce, the soccer player. Yeah. And then when I didn't have it anymore, I was like, who Bryce, what am I'm I? Bryce, Bryce, what now? Right. Bryce, who's bad at math. Like what, you know, that's not as catchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I could go with that though, because I failed math twice in college. FYI. Oh my gosh. I took it at a community college down the street. I could not do it. I was sitting next to a high schooler. Okay. Fun fact, really quick. I signed up to be a sub, you know, at my kid's school, and I had to do a hundred and four question test. And 15 of them were like math problems. And I, I'm kid you not, I started sweating and got anxiety because I know I'm terrible at math. And I was looking at these math problems and I'm like, I can't sub math. Like I I finished the test and I wrote them and I'm like, I will never sub for a math teacher. Because I am that bad at math. Like when I do tips and stuff, Blau will check me. And I don't know, I don't know what it is in my brain. I mean, I could do English. I could correct someone's English all day long. I could read a book and catch 30 different errors. But man, I can't add for nothing. (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) At least you're honest. Jesse, that's not good at math. Just like Bryce. (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> I put my hands up and it's just like shut. Yeah, I hear you. I feel you. <laughs> Allison, you're sitting there like, I can do math, no problem. Like, huh? I'm a math teacher. <laughs> oh, were you actually a math teacher? Uh, yeah, I taught I taught fourth <laughs> grade math and science. But I will say though Well, um, it's hard. Kudos to you. You have to you have to study before you teach it. Uh, 
I had to like relearn long division to teach that. It's so hard. And, but like once you research like the way to teach it, then you're like, oh my gosh, like this is so much easier than when I was taught in fourth grade. Like, but I don't know if it's really easier. It's probably just because now I'm growing up and my brain's more developed. So. No, because mine's more developed and I still don't get it. But also now that they switched everything to common core, like even when I taught third grade math, like it's hard. Yeah. That's what my son's in right now. It's your brain to think a different way. Yeah. Doing cubes, counting by cubes and tenths and hundreds. I'm like, oh my gosh. I think that's what's hard for adults is the way they want kids to learn it now. It's it's hard. Well, we, I think we we learned one way, but the Common Core they want the kids to know five different ways. Yeah, and then that's what's confusing. I agree. <laughs> this is coming from a teacher and a substitute teacher. You guys, yeah, it's hard. Hashtag <laughs> make math learning the norm. <laughs> that's a I really long hashtag. <laughs> complain, and I'm like, listen, I know, I feel you. I'm I like, know. put it into YouTube. Make your kid watch the YouTube video and you go sit on the couch. Like, don't do that. It's funny. Side note, what you're talking about, or I was I was talking about hashtags. I saw your hashtag. Was it Tap That Tuesday, Jesse? Uh, TikTok, I think. Oh, Tap That. Yeah, with Blau. I was tapping that. I like that. I, I'm going to start doing Tap That Tuesday and watch Chad be like, Bryce, don't. Tell him I started it. I was wondering if he was going to get upset about it. And he giggled like, you're crazy. Like, oh, like, I can, I can do what I want anyway. Glad you approved. <laughs> Thanks, because I already posted it. <laughs> I already posted it. And I'd be tapping that. <laughs> I love it. Let's just be honest as women, right? Right. We're people too. We are. I feel like that's a whole nother episode that needs to happen where we just talk about all that stuff. Intercession of the NFL Ladies podcast. We're talking about all things women. I love it. It'd just be like an open circle with like 12 of us, everybody who's come on. Yeah, I would love it. Ideas happening right here, live on the podcast. Love. Write it, write it down. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us, Jesse. Yeah, no I, I know that Renette was really excited to nominate you because she's like, she will just give you a very real and honest opinion of how her uh time in the nfl has been and i think that's something that's super important because a lot of people me included try to like hold back certain things that are maybe a little bit unsavory Mm -hmm. um but sometimes it just needs to be said and it takes that person you're that person so thank you for being so honest with us no problem thank you so much Josie, for joining us today we appreciate your rawness and realness with us um as we move forward for a future episode. Is there anybody you can think of that you would like to nominate to join our NF Ladies podcast? Yes. Her name is Jenny Winters. She is with the Bills right now. Her husband is um, Brian Winters, which we have a running joke that he's my brother. Um, so I'm like, what's up, brother? We text each other and Jenny and Blau are like, what? Um, <laughs> but but yes, yeah, so I nominate Jenny Winters and um, she was with me on the Jets for, I believe, four years or three years or something. We uh, became friends because at their wedding, Blau rubbed her feet at her wedding. Her, her feet hurt. And I'm like, Blau, that is not you at all. What are you doing? And um, Jenny's pretty open and honest like I am. So she'll do great. I love it. Well, yeah. Jenny, get ready. You're out here. You're being called out. Dumb, dumb, dumb. She's a singer too. Ask her to sing for you. No way. Okay. No, not really, but she likes to sing. (laughs) Okay. Well, no, she's a singer now. You said it. She's a singer. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) Thank you for listening to episode five of the NF Ladies podcast with our guest, Jesse Powell. We'll see you next week. If you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. Our music called Not Ready Yet is written, produced, and sung by my friend, Kira Grove. Again, my name is Bryce Watts. And I'm Allison Anger. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.